the next two attributes on the list of the Memches Kinyanim are Hamakir Es Mekomo and Hasamech Bechelko. Before we start the first of these, it's worth noting that many of the Mefarshim point out that Hamakir Es Mekomo marks a transition point, that this is the first of the second half of the list of the various attributes, and different Mefarshim uh, who do take note of this uh, suggest slightly different interpretations of perhaps the difference between the two halves of the list. Rav Yaakov Emden in the Lechem Shemayim claims that until now, uh, the first unit of attributes were what he calls avos, things that a person must do to acquire Torah. However, he says, starting with Hamakiras Mekomo, the rest of the list are attributes that a Chacham will acquire as a result of his Chachma. So for example, uh, via humility, a person will Makiras Mekomo, know his place. That's uh, one suggestion, and we'll try to keep that in mind as we go through uh, the remaining attributes. The Medrash Shmuel actually points out that uh, there's a common change in the syntax starting with this uh, clause, that now many of the subsequent uh, kinyanim have the prefix of hey, hamakir, makomo, which changes the meaning to refer to the person who possesses the particular trait. For example, the one who recognizes his place. What is the significance of this? So the Medr Shmuel explains that the reason for this change is because most of the traits are found in a very few number of people. The list of things that we've been describing, you know, for people to have these, let alone many or all of these traits, really quite rare. And Medr Shmuel suggests that this prefix of the hey denotes something or someone which is unique or special. So if you truly have this sense of makir es mekomo, so you are hamakir, you're the one who has that. So we should be on the lookout, uh, as per the Medr Shmuel, that those attributes that have the uh, prefix of hey denote something which are particularly uh, special and perhaps even rare. Lastly, Rabbi Lau, in his Yechel Yisrael, has a slightly different interpretation. He also suggests that there's a distinction between the first and second halves of the list, but he says that the first half, the traits we've learned until now, they were things that were necessary in order to initially have the process or begin the process of learning. But the second half, the traits which we're beginning to study now, they are things which assist a person in being mekayim, his learning, to not just learn it initially, but to maintain and to retain the learning and how to best use that learning that he already has. So these are all uh, perhaps subtle nuances, and we won't necessarily allude to each of them or even any one of them as we go on, but it is worth noting that, at least from here on in, according to some interpretations, these are attributes that are not necessarily or not only necessary to achieve initial mastery of learning, but perhaps are particularly rare, as Alechem Shemaim said, or the Medr Shmuel suggests, uh, these are the results of the first half, or as Rabbi Lau says, these are things which are necessary to maintain one's learning, even if they weren't as necessary to initially acquire it. Be that as it may, uh, let's begin with uh, tonight's first trait, and that is Hamakir Mikomo. Know your place. So what exactly does this mean, and how does this benefit learning? So some of Farshim suggests that this relates to having the proper and necessary motivation to learn. Both the Maharal and Darachayim as well as the Tiferes Yisrael here 
in Os Tzadik Aleph, suggests that a person who recognizes his place, that is to say he knows his own failings and inadequacies, that person will be humbled and that will lead and motivate him to putting an extra effort, extra hard work, extra amelus to learn more. And the flip side, of course, is that a person who feels already shalem, already feels like they've reached uh, you know, a high station, they will not necessarily put in the effort, they will not necessarily continue to study hard. So they suggest our first interpretation, that know your place, makir makom, is a reference to uh, motivation for humility and hard work. A second interpretation, which is similar but a little bit different, um, also from the Maharal, is he says not so much know your limitation, but he says know your milos, know, be true to who you are, whether it's your chesronos or your milos. Ein ha Because says the Maharal, uh, the Torah is not fit to be housed in a person who has a inaccurate self-image for the good or for the bad. He adds, not only is this you know, somewhat of a mystical idea, which is the Maharal's want, that fundamentally a person who is a makom ta'us cannot house Torah, but he also points out that it's just uh, not only a an, uh, result, but also an indicator of another deeper problem. If you're missing something as basic as self-awareness, then that might be an indicator that you're also going to make other mistakes in your learning. So if you put both of these together, both in the Maharal as well as with the Tefarish Yisrael, which we already saw, in some we see that this is the importance of self-awareness, of being honest with yourself. Uh, when you're honest about your limitations and your inadequacies, that will lead to motivation and hard work. And similarly, there's a benefit to being honest about your actual um, qualities as well, uh, either metaphysically so that you are the type of person who's ra'oi for Torah because you are accurate, or even very practically, um, if you're not thinking in a clear and precise way to the extent that you don't even know yourself, so that same deficiency will rear its head and you'll be deficient in your analysis of Torah. That was all, so to speak, Ben Adam La'atzmo. However, the Medrash Shmuel suggests a third interpretation, and that is that you should know your place when you're in front of other people, makir makomo, if you're in front of or learning with or learning from people who know more than you, so then know your place, be quiet, so to speak, um, and let them speak first, let them teach you, don't interrupt, don't think you know more, but understand who you are and who you can learn from if you're in the presence of people who truly uh, know better than you. Uh, Rav Ovadji Yosef, in his commentary to Avos, the Sefer Anaf Eitz Avos, so he very similarly says that even if the bigger person in front of you is not living, so to speak, but it's an earlier source. But if you have a source that you don't seem to understand, you know, don't be so quick to argue, or even if you do argue with it, do so with humility. Makiras makomo, realize who you're arguing with. Um, and he notes the very beautiful interpretation of the Ben uh, Ishchai to the Gemara in Shabbos, Daf Kuf Yud Bet, um, the Gemara very, there very famously says, Im Rishonim Kamalachim Anu Kibnei Adam, and, uh, you know, if the, if the first door is like angels, then we're like people. And if they're like people, we're like donkeys, kachamorim. So, mainly is viewed um, just simply as a statement of Yerida Sadoros. So whatever metaphor you want to use for the later generations, we're some steps beneath that. But uh, the Ben Ishchai in his Tshuva Sefer, called Rav Paalim, so in the introduction to the Rav Paalim, 
Um, and the author is the same as the author of the Ben Ishchai, of Yosef Chaim of Baghdad. So there in the introduction to the Rav Pa'alim, he suggests a slightly different interpretation of that Gemara. He says, if we view the Rishonim like Malachim, then we are on Nashim. It's not just a statement of actual object fact that we are always somewhat less than them. But it's actually contingent. Only if we have the proper perspective and realize that the Rishonim are Kemalachim, only then do we reach the level of Anashim. It's not a given that we're Anashim. We, we might not even be them. To the point, if we just view Darius HaRishonim, the people who came before us, as merely Anashim, then we are like Chamorim. Then we are like donkeys because we don't even have the Da'as to discriminate. The fact, he says, the way the Rav Palim is understanding this, if we view the Rishonim Ka'anashim, you know, they're just like you and me. So then that shows that we're really like Chamorim because we don't have the Da'as to discern. We might as well be a donkey. So it's a very, very fascinating interpretation of the Gemara and highlights uh, this broader point, which is illustrated and used here by the Medrash Shmuel, that whether it's living people, our Rebbeim, or the Svarim, the Rishonim, the Chronim, the Svarim that came before us, we need to have humility when we are listening to, let alone contemplating, arguing on earlier sources. doesn't mean we can never do it, but we need to have the perspective and therefore the proper humility. That's a second interpretation. A third interpretation um, is suggested by Rabbi Chaim Velazhener. And he looks at this in a very different way. He says, Makir Makomo means realize on a deeper level where your true place is. And your true place, our true home, is the world of spirituality, Olam Haba. Realize that this world is but a transient one. As the, Medr- as the Mishnah in Perkyavos tells us, Olam Hazed Dome Leprosdor. This world is just the antechamber. Very famous, made very famous in the Mesil Sharim, but comes from Avos, that this world is just a preparatory stage. Olam Hazedom Prozdor, the true world, is the world of eternity, the spiritual world, Olam Haba. Says Ruach HaChaim, Ruach HaChaim know your place. Recognize it is not this world, but the next, which is your true world. Uh, this is, of course, also um, very much highlighted in the opening mission of the third parak of Avos, the famous teaching of Akiva ben Mahalel, who teaches us, if you can think of three things that will protect you from sin. Number one, know from where you come, very modest biological origins. Where do you end up going? Literally, as the mission continues, worm food, very modest and humble end, as we're all from dust to dust. And lastly, Remember, you're also going to have to answer for your sins in the next world. We all have to answer to Hashem. But certainly the, the overarching theme of that the teaching of Akiva Ben Mahalel is consistent with what we've just seen. Know your true place. It's not just in the fleeting pleasures of this world, but in the permanent, hopefully, reward or other consequences in the Olam Haba. And says Rechaim Velazhener, if you have this recognition, so then that is going to be one of the Torah, because then you'll have the right priorities and you'll exert yourself sufficiently to prepare for the next world. But even if you're dabbling in learning, but you don't realize the relative importance of this world vis-a-vis the next, there's no way you'll be motivated. It just wouldn't make any sense. You wouldn't push yourself as hard as you truly understand the relative uh, value of the next world over our current one. An additional uh, interpretation is suggested also by the Medr Shmuel, who says very practically that makir makomo means it's important um, to have a specific makom for learning. That to be a masmid, it helps to have a regular makom in the base medrash. You know, when you go there, you're makir es makomo. You know where to go because you have a regular place in the base medrash. You belong. 
it's a sign of belonging in the base medrash. It's interesting that in the Gemara and Brachos on Dav Zayin and Bet, uh, the Rif has a girsa Kalakavea Makom Litoraso. We usually think of Makom Kavua for davening, but the Rif's girsa and the Meiri also uh, elaborates on this idea. There, the riff, based on the Rif, is that it's important to have Kavea Makom Litoraso, a regular place to learn. And this, uh, according to the Rif, at least would be a source for the Medrash Shmuel's interpretation here, that Makir Smakomo means a regular place for learning. Uh, last but not least, uh, very much, I think, far afield from Shat, but a uh, very nice lesson nonetheless, is Rav Vajay Yosef's second interpretation, where he says that Makir uh, Makomo is referring to a teacher or a speaker, that you have to know your audience which uh, I think uh, is generally considered the golden rule of public speaking. Know who you're speaking to. You know, whether it's a good speech or not will depend on who the audience is. So Ravavaja, speaking in the Torah context, says that you need to know how learned um, they are, you know, how good they are, how much they can concentrate on a given time. You know, if they have the ability, intellectually, and in terms of their energy, so then you should teach them on a high level, high level halacha, uh, lamdus, but he says if they're not on that level of learning or they're simply too tired, or et cetera, et cetera, so then you have to teach them something a little easier for them to digest. But as a teacher, makir makomo, you must know, you know who the people in front of you are. So to summarize, we saw a number of interpretations of this specific uh, mida. Uh, the first one or two, but we can call it one for now, uh, has to do with know your place, uh, the importance of self-awareness, um, being honest with yourself, um, Mainly that means realizing your limitations because that will motivate you to work harder. But it might also mean, as the Maral said, uh, knowing your milos, uh, either because that itself can be a source of solution, but also because if you have an inaccurate self-assessment, uh, even if you're being too modest, but still, it, too modest is also uh, inaccurate, and then you make yourself unsuitable for the Torah because the Torah is a Torah of shlemos, and if you have inaccurate uh, self-assessment, you make yourself into a makom taos, and someone who can't even get something as basic as who they are accurate, no way will they be able to properly understand Torah. So that's one basic interpretation of know your place, have a proper self-awareness. Number two, we said, uh, realize who you are vis-a-vis other people, that you know when you're in front of a rebellion or people who know more than you, let alone svarim and rishonim and kadmon and people who came before you, have a certain level of modesty before you argue, and even if you do argue, you argue with modesty, realizing the greatness of the people who came before you. Number three, from Rav Chaim Velazhner, know your place, know your true ultimate place is Olam Haba, not Olam Hazeh, and therefore uh, you'll focus on what's truly important in life. And the last two things we saw, one from the Medrash Shmuel, of having a regular Mokam Kavua, not only for davening, but also for learning. And lastly, Rav Avadja's, uh, suggestion important uh, for sure, but homiletical, I would suggest, in interpreting this b'risa, that refers Dafka to a public speaker, a teacher of Torah, my makom, know the people in front of you so you can give an appropriate shiur for them. Okay, so that's the first uh, topic for today's shiur. Uh, and the second one, uh, the last attribute for today, is hasameach bechelko, someone who is happy uh, with his lot. So what does this mean? And again, how does this relate to uh, Kinyan Torah? So here we'll suggest a number of ter- interpretations as well. Uh, the first and most uh, perhaps uh, common and intuitive uh, inter- interpretation is uh, suggesting that we're talking about um, being aware of a person's, you know, and satisfied with your material situation. That uh, whether it's your material or financial situation, you know, you should be happy with this and uh, sufficient and not always running after money. 
This is, of course, a very uh, tried and true, you know, well-known religious message. Uh, the Pasuk in Kohelas, Perakei, Pasuk Tes, Ohev Kesef Lo Yizba Kesef, if you really love money, you'll never be enough, you'll never be satisfied, nothing will be enough. The Medrash there commenting in Kohelas Rabbah says, Ein Adam Yotzeh Min Olam V'chati Ta'afaso B'yado, that uh, you, you never even have half of, uh, you never even satisfy half of your taiva. So if you have a tremendous taiva, you'll be constantly wanting and wanting for more. For if you have $100, you'll want 200 If you have 200 you'll want 400 uh, And therefore, of course, the answer is, as it says in the beginning of the fourth parak of Avos, Ezuhu Ashir HaSameach Bechelko. So if you want to truly be rich, uh, be happy with what you have. So as life advice, this is tried and true with many other sources. Of course, the Mefarshim here in Perk Kenyan Torah want to know what is the connection between Asameach Bechalko and Kenyan Torah, success uh, in attaining Torah, in retaining Torah. So Rashi uh, and many other Mefarshim suggest that this is psychological, that if you are Sameach Bechalko, then you'll be able to focus on your learning. But if you're constantly worrying and unsatisfied and unhappy with your material situation, then you'll have to concentrate on learning because you'll be thinking about other things. Uh, the Machsaravitri from the Talmidim of Rashi here in uh, Tuf Chavtes, which is his commentary here on our Brisa. Uh, also, the Machsaravitri says uh, more or less the same thing, just from the flip side. He speaks about uh, the benefits of positively uh, being Samech Bechalko. Mitoch she'en libo tarid ve'eno machashev b'davar acher torasom meskayemes b'yado. That from the fact that you're not distracted, you're not thinking about other things, then you'll be able to retain and be successful uh, in your uh, learning. And this is also more or less this combination of both the negative and the positive, both sides of the coin, is also suggested by the Tiferes Yisrael, that there is this psychological um, advantage to being truly happy with what you have so that you can have a, be more shalem in, in your life situation and therefore more successful uh, in your learning. Uh, the Medrash Shmuel uh, also understands that this refers to someone being satisfied with their material and financial situation, but he describes it more from a pragmatic uh, perspective, whereas uh, the Rashi and Machsarvitri and Tiferes Yisrael, I think, are speaking psychologically. The Medrashmul points out that it's just basically true on a very pragmatic level, that if you love money and therefore never have enough, you'll also never learn because you need more and more money. But if you are happy with what you have, then you just simply will be satisfied and then go learning. Go, go be able to learn. So it's not that you'll be distracted and worried about making more money. It's just tachlis, as we would say. If you feel you have enough, you can sit and learn. And if you don't, you'll be working and doing other things. So all of those, I would say, combine to have a first interpretation that the message here has to do with being satisfied with your material and financial situation. Uh, however, there are other mafarshim who have a different interpretation. Uh, the matter Shmuel uh, himself, uh, in addition to the one who he already said, also points out that a person should be happy with his chilek, that his chilek is with the Lomde Torah. It's true that it can be difficult, uh, says the Medr Shmuel, to be focused on learning. Other people seem to be getting ahead, advancing in their career, etc., etc. But nevertheless, says the Medr Shmuel, you should be sameach al shenafal chelko v'chavalo im Lomde Torah. Even though it can be hard and difficult, but you should truly be happy with your portion in life, that you are in meyoshve habesa medrash. You are in that cadre of people who get to learn Torah. Rav Yaakov Emden similarly says in the Lechem Shemayim, Bavade Ashrei Chelko B'Torah Me'achar Shepana Libo Mi'da'agas 
olamazeh. You should be happy with your portion in Torah since your mind is free from the worldly worries. Uh, this contentment flows, he says, from that previous midah uh, that we had seen earlier of a lev tov, of being happy uh, with Torah. And of course, this is the nusach that I think we talk about in the siyum. When we make a siyum on a section of Torah, the Gemara Brachos gives us the nusach, Tav Chavches, Ma'odean Lefanecha, Shesamta Chalkeinu, or Chalki Miyoshvei Beis HaMedrash, Vosamta Chalki Miyoshvei Kronos. So we, this is very much a, a devotional uh, part of our, uh, our, our spiritual and religious mentality that we consider it a privilege to be doing what we're doing, a privilege to learn Torah, a privilege to make Siyumim, a privilege to be from the Yoshvei base Hamedrush. So unlike the first interpretation, which was Sameach, you should be happy with your material lot so that you will learn. Uh, here we're saying that you should focus on being happy that you have the privilege to learn itself, more directly connected to the learning. Um, a third interpretation uh, is suggested uh, in a very nuanced and sensitive way by Rabbi Lau and his Yachel Yisrael, that it's talking about your learning and how big and how successful you are in your learning. And that uh, Bryce is telling us that even if your chilek in learning is small, even if you're not the smartest or the biggest Tamil Chacham or the fastest learner with the best memory, Samech Bechelko, you should be happy with your portion in learning because truly, as the Mishnah tells us in Avos Perkei, Mishnah Chav Gimel, Lafum Tsara Agra, that the, really the reward the way it's beloved to Hashem, really goes by the effort that you put in. The Bartanura uh, on that Mishnah in Parakei elaborates on this very explicitly. Kfirov hatsar specifically connected to Torah. The more you suffer, the more you struggle, the more effort you put in to study Torah, and doing mitzvos, you'll get more rewards. It says Rav Lau, there's no reason to be jealous of other people but rather, Samech Bechelko, realize that whatever talents you have, if you're using them to the fullest and focusing them on study of Torah, Hashem will, you will be beloved to Hashem and you will be rewarded. Uh, we mentioned uh, in the first half of today's shir uh, the introduction of the Chuvas Rav Pa'alim by the author of the Ben Yishchai. So here also I want to mention a second time on today's shir, uh, also the Rav Pa'alim in a Chuva in Chela Gimel, Simen Yud Gimel, who makes this broader point that Samech Bechelko doesn't just mean be happy in your material, financial situation, but Samech Bechelko can also relate to your spiritual, to your Ruchnius situation as well. And that is, don't go beyond your level. Realize who you are, and bit by bit try to grow, for sure. But don't skip steps. Don't try to do things that are way beyond your level. Uh, he gives a, a vivid metaphor for this. He says this would be otherwise like a person who's thirsty going into the middle of the river and trying to drink because there's more water there, right? There's actually too much water to actually really get anything uh, specifically. You know, a small little water coming out of a bottle or a water fountain would be much more effective uh, and a better strategy to quench one's thirst than to try to drink uh, in the middle of the river. Don't be deluded by the size. Similarly, says Rav Paulim, um, you know, step by step, and maybe one day you'll be big enough uh, even to do the middle of the river, but realize who you are and take bite-sized pieces take satisfaction and grow in a strategic way in place in, in, in accomplishments and doing things which are appropriate for who and where you are. Uh, a fourth interpretation uh, is suggested by Rav Chaim Velazhener in the Ruach Chaim. 
And he says, again, in a very similar way, that you should be satisfied with small bits of learning, because if you realize that will eventually add up. Don't just look for big accomplishments. Just do little bit by little bit. If you just try to grandize yourself with trying to learn everything at once and taking these huge bites, in the end you'll get nothing. Lo tafasta. Much better to take small bites. Maki makomo, realize who you are, small little bits. This is also an idea in the Gra in his commentary to Mishlei, Perak Tetzayin, Ches, Tov ma'at b'tzedaka, me'rov tuos belov mishpat. A little bit is good with tzedaka, better than a huge amount without mishpat. And says the Gra, this is referring to better to learn small amounts, but learn them well, b'tzedaka, than much better than doing that, than doing rov, doing a lot, but not well, below mishpat. So I think this is also very critical advice, uh, which makes a lot of sense generally, and at least according to Chaim Velozhner, is what's being referred to here. Last but not least, uh, the Maharal has a very, very fascinating idea, which is kind of a combination of metaphysical, as is his want, uh, and also I think very uh, trenchant, uh, compelling psychological uh, idea. Says the Maharal that Torah only works, Torah is only successful, personally learns and retains his Torah, if when you learn it, you feel a sense of accomplishment and shlemus. However, he says, if you don't have that feeling, then it simply won't work. If a person doesn't appreciate where he is, what he's missing, and therefore then appreciate it now, I didn't know something, but now that I've learned, I've been mashlim that, you realize you're a chaser, and now, wow, Baruch Hashem, now I feel a sense of accomplishment because I've learned the Torah was mashlim me. In such a case, then a person will truly be able uh, to learn. Shari ha-Torah hi adam l'hashlim atzmo, v'zeh chaser li-olam. The whole purpose of Torah is to be mashlim that person. And says the Maral, and again, he's saying, I think, two related but definitely slightly different things. He's saying this is a metaphysical truth, but I think he's also suggesting that this is a psychological truth. These two uh, attributes which we studied in today's shir, they actually go hand in hand, says the Maharal. If a person is makir makomo, he realizes what he's lacking, then only a person who first understands makir makomo recognizes his chisronot, only such a person will appreciate that the new Torah that he's learned has truly been mashlim him. However, But again, it's not just a metaphysical point. He says, even psychologically, if you're not happy uh, with what you've learned, if you don't truly feel that it's benefited you, even if objectively it has, even if truly yushlam b'torah, but if it really was enhancing you, you really did have a chisaron, and now the Torah is being mashlim you. But says the Maral, even if that's actually happening, if that's objectively true, but nevertheless, if you, lo yesh shalem psychologically, you don't feel shalem, you're not samech with what you learned, then what would be the point? It wouldn't really work. So I think the Maral is trying to have this uh, a combination, that if, when you feel a sense of accomplishment, shlemus, then the Torah will remain, because the Torah 
metaphysically is intended to be mashlima person. But if you're not samech b'chalko, you'll never feel mushlam, and then there'll be no point uh, in getting the Torah. And as was mentioned, this really would go hand in hand with the previous attribute of makiras makomo. Only if you recognize the chisaron, then the Torah can be mashlim. And then it's also important not only that it actually happens, but that you should feel satisfaction psychologically that the Torah was mashlim. So just to review uh, this second attribute for today's shir, hasamech um, bechelko. So a large group of mafarshim understand this uh, similar to the mission in the fourth parak of avos ezuhu ashir hasamech bechelko that we are referring to being satisfied with your um, material station, your financial status in life, and many mafarshim point out that psychologically this is necessary because if you're constantly worried or unsatisfied with your learning because with your financial situation then you'll just be distracted when you learn uh Medr Shmuel slightly differently just says it's not about distraction just practically you won't be in the base matter you'll be working if you always want more money you'll never have time to learn because you always think you need to make more money one way or another these large group of mafarshim understand this referring to the need to be truly happy and satisfied with one's financial situation secondly we saw uh, the idea of the Medrash Shmuel and the Lechem Shemayim, that you should be, it's important to have the right Hashkafa, that Ashrei Chalki, how privileged am I to be from the Yoshve Beis HaMedrash, as we say in a Siyam, each time we make a Siyam. Thirdly, we saw from Rabbi Lau, uh, and working very beautifully with the Rav Paalim, that uh, it's not just Ashrei Chalki that I'm in the Beis Medrash, but even if, my, if I feel like my learning accomplishments are small, compared to other people, other friends, other chavrusas. Nevertheless, you should constantly be samech bechel kacha. You should always be happy with your, with your amount of learning, no matter how much it is. You should always be happy with that. And in a very similar vein, but slightly differently, Reb Chaim Velazhener points out that it's not just an important hashkafa or important psychological point, but it's philosophically or psychologically, but it's also a good practical strategy. That if you try to do too much at once, you're like the person who tries to drink in the middle of the river, nothing good's going to come from that. But rather, small bite-sized pieces, pruta pruta mitzarefet, every little bit adds up. Um, and lastly, we had saw this fascinating idea from the maral, which is a combination of metaphysical and psychological, that a person has to be aware of his place, the previous uh, mida, so that he'll be samech b'chalko. If he truly understands where he is, then he'll also understand how each bit of Torah that he's learning is mashim something he didn't already know. And metaphysically and psychologically, says the Maral, Torah only works, Torah only stays, there's only a kinyan in Torah if you feel that the Torah is being mashlim you. But if you don't feel that you need it, if you don't feel it's really adding anything, then the Torah, in fact, won't stay in such a person.